The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. We've been hearing talk across Canada right here at home about the need for personal protective equipment for healthcare providers and concerns there may not be enough in the coming weeks when our country is expected to hit that peak in the COVID-19 crisis. The Canadian Medical Association is sounding the alarm, calling for urgent action on the issue. Dr. Sandy Buckman is the president of the Canadian Medical Association and joins us. Welcome back to the show, doctor. Hi, Dr. Buckman. Yes, here. Do you hear me? Yes, I do hear you now. (laughs) Thank you very much. Welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for taking time. Can you hear me now? I can hear you. Can you hear me okay? Uh, One moment. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, I do do hear you okay. There was an echo, but I... Okay. I think we can make it work. Oh, he's gone. Oh, lovely. He's gone. All right. Uh, so the Canadian Medical Association uh, was you know, had done a survey last week um, of some of their members, and over a third of physicians in the community, in community care, so office-based, walk-in clinics, those folks believe that they will run out of respirators, those N95 masks and eye face shields and goggles and glasses within two two days um, or or fewer. Some of them had already run out. Um, so I think we've got Dr. Buckman back on the line. Hi, doctor. Yes, hi again. Hi, there you go. Um, let's get into it. Last week, the CMA did some polling of its members. Uh, what did it tell you? It seems to me it was a much starker picture of the state of supply in this country than maybe had, had previously thought. Yeah, well, that's exactly right, Jaylen. Um, it just showed us that over one-third of physicians in the community believe that they will actually run out of the uh, N95 masks within a couple of days, and that was only about five or six days ago. And almost three-quarters of physicians try to order their own PPE, their own personal protective equipment themselves, because they weren't hearing from uh, governments or the regional health authorities, and uh, they tried to order it themselves from their suppliers or through Amazon, but all, but fewer than 15% received any confirmation that they were getting their supplies. It also showed that physicians in hospitals were largely unaware of how long their current supplies were going to last. Uh, anecdotally, we're also hearing that uh, some hospitals only have a couple of days' worth of supply, and uh, as we approach the uh, surge this coming week and next, uh, we're gravely concerned about this. So, Dr. Buckman, though, I, I mean, in your role, in your position, what can you do to find out about exactly what is in these hospitals, what's at these clinics, what 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 um, equipment will be there uh, for for your members? I, I listened to the prime minister saying that we've got millions of, of masks showing up. Like, how can we find out what is where and, and when is it going to be there? That's a great question. Uh, we've been encouraged by the Prime Minister's announcements like a few days ago, so we had a, a million more masks have been secured. That's great news. But uh, we need more information, and particularly the frontline healthcare workers need more information. It is causing immense anxiety amongst doctors, nurses, respiratory therapists, other frontline workers that we, when we don't know what's coming down and how much we're going to have. Um, we don't need this kind of 
unnecessary anxiety at this most stressful time. So uh, with that in mind, I actually uh, did have a, a meeting um, a couple of days ago with uh, with uh, the health minister, Patty Hedrew, and this is where we asked for that transparent information. It is really critical for us to know what what's being manufactured. We're encouraged to hear that uh, that manufacturing facilities are being repurposed to produce the personal protective equipment. Um, but where is it? How? Where is it in the pipeline in the supply chain? Um, provinces, the regional health authorities, the hospital administrators all have to know this so they are able to deploy the equipment to where it is needed most because there's some places in Canada that are experiencing the surge right now and we've got to get the PPP to them there. I'm speaking to you from Ontario. Our Premier uh, Premier Doug Ford uh, announced that perhaps in the province we have about a week's supply of PPE. That's just not just not enough. Just not enough. So, what did the what did the federal health minister say to you? What did she tell you? Well, she was uh, very honest and upfront, and uh, she was very clear that they are working uh, day and night to procure the equipment uh, to get it manufactured. Um, that it's coming, but they uh, they they take it very incredibly seriously, and they they couldn't be more uh, uh, making more efforts at getting the PP out to where it's needed. Um, but we need though that information in the supply chain. Um, we also advocated for um, better coordination uh, and distribution of the PPE that is being manufactured. Um, some is being imported now from China, um, okay. and we're and domestic supplies are are being produced as we speak. So we're hopeful that we will be able to get uh, get it out to the areas that need it uh, as soon as possible. Does there have to be a better coordination between the feds and and the and their provincial counterparts as well? Because we know the federal government is trying to um, to procure you know some of the some of this equipment. We know that the provinces are doing it as well. Um, do we know if if the left hand is talking to the right hand here, Doctor Buckman? Well, that, yeah, that's what that's exactly the question that we went with uh, to the <laughs> Minister of Health and uh, and did you know we. We did point that out. Yes, we do need better coordination uh, and transparency between the federal government and the provincial territorial governments. There's no doubt about that. Um, so uh, uh, they they take that, they know that, and they're working on that uh, right now. Um, we have to get clear information out to, to the different regions and hospital administrators. We also have to get it out to the community because it's often the frontline family doctor or the primary care clinics that don't have uh, adequate access um, and certain things like uh, uh, long-term care homes, uh, home care. We need to get that kind of equipment out to these people on the front line. Well, I think a lot of people, you know, tend to forget about those community care doctors and the the uh, the, the the home or the offices and the clinics, that sort of thing. They're just thinking everything is going on in the hospitals right now. But there's a lot of folks here that are like, uh-uh, we need to have some of this stuff too, just in case. No, absolutely. Uh, think about uh, shelter workers. You know, the, mm-hmm. the shelters that we have are, um, you know, they are uh, petri dishes for the development of, uh, of COVID-19. Um, people sleep just a foot or two away from each other. They're crowded into waiting areas, uh, uh, dining areas. Um, this, is, uh, this is 
this is just going to explode sadly and what about the shelter workers who are who are looking after these people there they need to be protected and the ppe is not necessarily getting down to them so we have to keep the community uh front of mind uh as we distribute the uh the personal protective equipment when you see uh, what some would call uh, games <laughs> being played when it comes to this PPE, unless even respirators, that sort of stuff being held up at the border, what do you think about that? What goes to your mind? Yeah, we're hearing, uh, we hear uh, anecdotally of things being blocked at the border. We hear of uh, people trying to game the system and to make money on this. Um, this makes it all the more challenging for uh for all our governments to procure the necessary PPE. Um, we have to, you know, COVID-19 doesn't know a border. Um, mm-hmm. It's coming in uh, in all sorts of ways. And I think it's really important that uh, we need to work with uh, other countries, other nations. Uh, we're all in this together. We um, Remember, there will be a post-COVID period where we're going to have to... Uh, uh, get back into trade, and if any, if we take this kind of me-first attitude where things are blocked at the border, um, this is going to be terrible for all concerned. So uh, I think we have to think uh, in that way that we're all in this together and continue to supply each other with uh, equipment across borders. Dr. Sandy Buckman is the president of the Canadian Medical Association joining me this afternoon. Dr. Buckman, can you answer a couple of questions just on on, on basic usage of uh, this equipment? So let's say an N95 mask. Would one nurse, one doctor, would they wear the same mask all day or does it have to change with each uh, with each patient? Well, ordinarily, like in the best of all possible worlds, it should change with each patient, right? Uh, mm-hmm. But in uh, our current situation with a scarce uh, number and this ra- sort of rationing, we may not have enough. Um, you know, it's being recommended to uh, wear these masks uh, through the day, one or two masks a day. Different, there are different recommendations in different jurisdictions, I guess, depending on the uh, supply. Um, but ideally, yeah, it should be changed between each patient. There is talk now of even sterilizing uh, some of the masks, face shields, etc., cetera, um, in order to be able to reuse them again. So uh, people are trying to come up with innovative ways to get by until we get an adequate supply of PPP in place. I mean, that is cold comfort for those who, who depend on the PPE to um, to protect them and, in all honesty, the, the people around them and, and their families when they, when they go home. I mean, sterilizing is one thing, but you need to make sure that that works, and we don't know how long that could take to find out. You talked earlier, Dr. Buckman, about, um, you know, kind of the the anxiety of, uh, of a lot of the members of our, of our healthcare workers across the country right now. How worried are you about the men? mental health of the medical staff dealing with this in this country? I'm extremely worried. Um, you know, I'm worried, first of all, that uh, frontline healthcare workers get sick and then can't show up for work. But those then that are remaining behind, the burden is even greater on them. And that's where you get into the uh, not only the physical exhaustion, but the emotional and mental exhaustion of doing this. You know, healthcare workers uh, on the all the time in the front line deal with a high level of burnout. And when we add this additional burning to all the regular work that they're doing, and now that they're also seeing COVID-19 positive patients and how sick they can become in hospital or in intensive care, the the chance of burnout uh, mentally, emotionally is very, very high. And it's not just the worry about themselves. 
it is, as you point out, the worry of bringing it home to their loved ones, to their family, to their uh, elderly parents, or, or, or they may have children at home with complex medical needs or disabilities. So this is a real, uh, real issue. Um, I think very much so society, our governments have a reciprocal responsibility to protect those workers that are on the front line. They are putting their health and those of their families on the line. And reciprocity demands uh, that they be protected. We would never expect a firefighter to go into a burning building uh, without the necessary protective equipment. So hence the constant advocacy of let's get that equipment out there to where it's needed ASAP. I wanted to ask you, um, as you mentioned, that you're in Ontario. I know uh, Ontario last week released uh, their numbers, their data modeling numbers on COVID-19 about kind of best worst case uh, scenarios. I'm sure you you saw that and we're watching that closely. We're waiting for Alberta to do do that. We're thinking that's going to happen this week. And then we're still waiting on the national numbers and what they might show. What impact do you think um, those numbers might have, and I, I don't don't want to ask you what you think they're going to look like, but I, I'm wondering about the importance or not of, of putting those numbers out to the public. Should we be doing that or not? Um, I think we. I think the public should have the same information that governments have. Um, in other words, I think in order to enhance trust in governments and what they're doing the public needs to have the full picture. So uh, that information should be absolutely transparent. It also helps uh, with the mathematical models that we can use uh, to more or less predict how this is going to turn out, when it's going to surge, uh, when it's going to ease off, uh, are we flattening the curve or not. I think there's a lot of positives that can come out of knowing this. It may encourage the public to practice physical distancing, uh, staying at home, social isolation, all that. We need real information in order to be able to do that. So I think uh, it can only have a a good impact, even if the news is bad, if I can put it that way. Um, (laughs) We need to know how serious it is, and then people will respond Uh, in a positive way. The vast majority of Canadians have been responding in a very socially responsible way. And we we just need to make sure that we all do. Uh, And so having uh, reliable, uh, clear information at the outset is key. What do you think April is going to look like um, in Canada for (laughs) COVID-19? You know, uh, given that we haven't gotten testing full out and we don't have all the data that we need and recognizing, I think it's going to be a... a, uh, So it's within those limitations. I do think it's going to be a difficult month. I think, sadly, we're going to see uh, uh, more deaths in long-term care. Um, We're going to see mostly the elderly uh, succumb to this. Uh, We're going to see increasing numbers. uh, But we're also going to see much more recovery. We're going to see people in that way uh, gain immunity. Uh, I think uh, as difficult as it is, more people are respecting physical distancing, staying at home. Uh, We're starting, unhappy as we are, we're getting used to it. It's the kind of the new normal for the time being. And so I expect we're going to see this go on for the next, uh, you know, eight weeks, uh, give or take uh, or so. And uh, that's and that actually, if it's prolonged, is sort of good news because it means we're likely flattening the curve. We're spreading yeah. things out and allowing our healthcare system to have the capacity to handle the sick people who really need it.
Not be overwhelmed, yes. Dr. Buckman, I want to thank you so much for joining me once again. Really enjoyed talking to you. Thank you so much. Thank you very much, Jacqueline. Take care. Yeah, that's uh, Dr. Sandy Buckman, who is the president of the Canadian Medical Association. You can read more um, about um, that survey they, they did about PPEs online. Just Google it. It's not hard to find. And there was an interesting article. Uh, it was in McLean's magazine this week. It's titled... Um, Fear and anger on the front lines, what happens if there aren't enough masks?